Hello and welcome everyone to another Event Right Show live here on LinkedIn. Stephen, do you want to have an argument about who gets to do the intro? Andrew, we always you, do. You win today. Because <laughs> I'm loud? You win. <laughs> uh, we're going to have some fun, guys, today. Um, start typing your questions into the chat box. We're going to get to your questions. Um, my usual ramble about licensing for those of you that are new. It's fantastic. There's nothing better. And why? Why is licensing so great? Because when you license to a big company, it's their money, it's their workforce, it's their existing distribution. That's why it's so great. Don't need to run a business. Don't need to raise funds. It's a beautiful thing. Stephen, I think that what we do, and I was talking to somebody about this this morning. They, they, had, they, they basically didn't know us. They'd watched like one or two shows, very, very green, new inventor. They were getting approached by invention promotion companies. And I said, I, I know, I said, Hold on to your wallet with us and with everybody else. Get your bearings on understanding how things, because she was still trying to grasp the concept of what licensing was, you know? And I'm like, you know. Yeah, because I've got a rant today. Oh, cool. You like Stephen's rant? Everybody likes your rants. Well, yeah, and maybe I should do more of it. People give me a thumbs up if you really want me to peel back the, the layer a little bit and do a little complaining about the industry a little bit because something happened. But, but no, that's Stephen. Those are two, your rants are too good. We got to wait for everybody else to stream in. I got Keith and okay. Harry All right. All right. and Joe and some others, you because know, I'm but gonna call, I'm going to call some, I'm going to call some people out. I'm going to, I've never called people out today. I'm going to call some people out today. Um, maybe I won't give their names, but maybe you can figure it out. I, I've got to be a little careful with that. I'm not, I, you know, Andrew, the last thing you want to do is call somebody out. Um, I want to. Uh, who wants an InventRight mug? No, no, it's like it, I I don't have my InventRight mug. Sorry, guys, I have a. Well, where is it, Andrew? An RV park I stayed at in Malibu. I don't have it with me today. I'm sorry. I'm trying to find mine. I don't know. But mine was a classic. It was green and black, and now our colors, you know, blue and black. So. Yeah, um, I like those. I've... So, uh, uh, Joe, Joe, thank you for the kind words, you guys. They look forward to listening us ramble, and they look forward to your rants, Stephen. That's what they truly well, look for. You know, I get irritated, and usually, <laughs> and, and usually, I'm pretty good about it, and I kind of let it go. But sometimes, just things bother me, and yeah. they're not fair. People are not treating us inventors fairly, and that bothers me. Okay, but we're going to hold off a little on that as more people stream in, so everybody gets to benefit. From your well, advice I, and your I'm insight. I'm rolling up my sleeves today. That's what well, I'm you doing, know, Andrew. Stephen, I really appreciate you sharing that sort of stuff because having run this business together for the last 23 years with students in over 65 countries, we see stuff on the back end that inventors don't know about. I know. And so when we can say, hey, guys, here's something that happens so you're aware of it, we're saving them time and money and stress. And that's what we're all about. We're all about removing those roadblocks. Roblox, they didn't even know they had that they might hit, you know? I know. And some some people you want to avoid, um, some companies uh, well, you want to avoid. I think uh, Daniel, I think, might be new. How do I move forward? Very general question, but I think you'll get <laughs> some tips today, Daniel, about how to move forward. So I think it's a perfectly uh, relevant question. Uh, let's see what, uh, what uh, Israel says here. Uh, never forget your book, Steve. One simple idea, heart. Thank you very Thank much. You. Thank you, Stephen and I. You know, when we when we named the business and when we looked at what other people were doing, the it's fine for an icon, but we we said we're not we're going to try not to use light bulbs everywhere. <laughs> Most inventors, organizations, or anybody catering to inventors like they just put light bulbs on freaking everything, and we're like we're going to try not to do that. It's it's hard. We, 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 it's hard to resist, but. Well, it, I know, but it's it's so overdone and it's just not a great, that's not a great thing to do. Uh, yeah. But I want to thank everybody that bought One Simple Idea. You know, Andrew, that book that was written back in February of 2011, it launched February 2011. Mm -hmm. um, it's been selling now for over a decade. It still sells. It's been translated in, in five different languages. We have an updated, expanded uh, copy that's out. But that that book has gotten over one. That, when you combine both, you know, the the, the original 
with the expanded it has over 1000 five star reviews and i did a yeah. youtube on that <laughs> it's great guys you got to hear this and because i got i have some bad reviews well you're going to yeah. have a few bad reviews I, I know and some of them were so terrible i had to read them on the youtube it's like mean tweets these were mean yeah. reviews I, I was so I think it's Jimmy Kimmel does mean tweets. I was watching some last night on YouTube and they just these these um, yeah. movie stars and famous people, uh, uh, rock stars and sports figures. They'll get on. They'll read these very mean tweets about them and then react to it. And it's funny as hell. So Stephen went on there and he talked and he just read these terrible, terrible like reviews for his book, you know, he's got 1,000 five star reviews, but you're going to get some people on there, maybe some of our competitors, who knows. And uh, it, you did a good job with Steven. It was very entertaining. What's the title of that video, by the way? I don't know. I just, yeah. okay. I wanted to have fun with it because um, when they, when those first reviews came out, I have to say they kind of bothered me a little bit. Now they don't really bother me. In fact, I think they're funny now. In fact, the worst one, um, I love that review now. But when it, when the guy first well, said, say the, say the, for the worst one because you say that a lot, and I love it was it's funny. Do you this, remember this it? guy? Yeah, this this guy writes this review says, <laughs> "Buy a greasy cheeseburger. It's more filling. It's better for you. It's better for you." And like, more filling or something. It says better. Yeah. Buy a greasy cheeseburger. It's better for you than the book. Yeah. I'm like, what? I mean, is that a review? I mean, what is that? And then someone gave me like a one star, one star review, but he said, I haven't got the book yet. <laughs> <It's> like, <okay. laughs> so you got to be careful when you read these reviews, but almost people are, I don't know. Anyway, I had some fun with that video. So, yeah. That's fine. Uh, now, what does Celeste say? Celeste says, greeting everyone. Rant away. Oh, Celeste, you don't want me to rant too much, do you? Uh, P oh, P.S. Light bulbs. Are, I can't, yeah, I know. I know. The light bulbs drive me crazy. Um, all right. Should I talk about? Let me start with the rant here. Yeah, well, I, well, I think we got enough people here. Okay, we got okay, a okay. lot of people here. Now, you, get ready. Here we go. Steven's rant. I have no idea what it's about. <sighs> So, but we'll find out. Paul Sorensen, that that um, is our chief negotiator at InventRight. Right. I asked him to do a, a couple things for me that I needed some extra help. I said, I want you to go out and find good places for me to be interviewed for a podcast. Right. And Paul's really good at it. And he, he lined up all these podcasts. And I go on, he's done great. So, but he, he lined up this really kind of, I thought, a really big platform for a podcast. iHeartRadio. iHeartRadio. Okay. All right. Where this one particular, these two guests, two hosts, are in seven different cities. And they show them in a studio. It's really kind of official looking, right? And I thought, well, this is really cool. And I thank Paul for it. And they send me all these emails. You have to have a certain microphone and this and that. I mean, all this stuff to do. Here's the questions, all this stuff. So I'm kind of preparing for it. I'm actually getting kind of excited about it. And it's, to tell you the truth, Andrew, it was a lot of work to, to kind of get ready for this, this interview. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so the night before, um, I get this email saying the interview's been canceled. Okay. <laughs> People get canceled. They people cancel all the time. So I didn't think too much about it until I read the reason why. Mm -hmm. They were canceling because it said they thought they had me on. They would lose money. It said that the, the hosts think they will lose money if they have you on. So we're we're not going to have you on. Now, what do the hosts do for a living? They're, they're two patent attorneys. <laughs> okay. All right. Okay. They're two patent attorneys that are going to help inventors. Mm -hmm. That's the name of the show. Helping inventors. Uh, there's a name. I'm not going to say the name of it, you guys, but there's they're helping inventors. And I'm like, okay, this is really great. I want to be on that show. I want to help inventors. I'm going to give them good content, how to file intellectual property correctly and all the things that we're teaching you. So I'm really excited to be on the show and helping inventors. But these two attorneys don't like what I, I'm going to say. They think I'm going to steal business from them. 
by by simply saying that inventors can file their own provisional patent application. Yeah. They, they, like oh it. my God, no inventors should never do that. They said no. That, so yeah. I so I sent the email over to the the host to say I, I'm I'm disappointed and I'm not a patent attorney, so I'm not stealing business from you. Yeah, and, we don't sell patents. Yeah. And he said, well, Steve, we don't believe in your, um, we think the advice you're giving, you know, is, is basically not the right advice. Okay. Now, what's really interesting about these two patent attorneys, they have a great resume. I mean, they, they work for corporate they They have a resume of working with big, high corporate companies. Mm. It has nothing to do with inventors. Their mm. background has nothing to do with inventors but they have a show helping inventors and they're telling inventors you have to pat file patents with us kind of thing. You know what I mean? I mean, it's yeah. kind of like, so I got a little irritated about it and I realized you guys, you have to realize there's a conflict between patent attorneys and inventors. There's a conflict here, right? And if you have any patent attorneys on here, you're probably hating me a little bit here. Steven Chubble uh, said, yeah, helping inventors to ruin their lives. By, by spending 20k on a patent that they didn't need to do you know what i'm saying yeah. so so the patent attorney i do believe there's some really great guys out there and we know who they are you guys if you ever need referrals we'll help you with that there's some great guys but there's also some other guys out there that aren't really helping you as an inventor they're selling you something maybe you don't really need yeah they're selling you something and not giving you good advice so you can actually be successful and maybe come back and do some other good stuff, right? You so, know, in, in addition to that, I mean, I think when you have a guest on your show, you need to research them and make sure you <laughs> want them to be on your show. Don't cancel on them at the last second and go, oh, you know, what you're going to say is going to conflict with what we believe. It's like, well, do your research. And, and what is Why wrong with that? Well, yeah, I mean, you've had people on the show that you you don't necessarily agree with. To, you've had people on our InventRight TV show. Hey, talking I, about venturing we're not about venturing we're about licensing but you want people to see all perspectives yeah. and that's when i realized what he was doing he wasn't really servicing his audience he was trying servicing to sell himself. to them he was servicing himself and and right. andrew that 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 really irritates me because you know you talk about invention you talk about companies that take advantage of inventors yeah so do patent attorneys yeah not all, but some, yeah. I don't like it. So yeah. we have to educate ourselves, everyone. We have to be smart about it, but we just cannot put all our all our faith in patent attorneys think that they're gonna save us with the patent. No, we need to save ourselves with good information. That's why we're here today. So there's there's my rant. Did that make you feel a little better? Is that good therapy, Steven? That... <sighs> I feel great now. Thank you were you. really upset the other day. You, you, you got to me early in the morning we're, we're, we both, we both, I think we've, uh, me, you get up a little earlier than mine. I'm getting up around 5.30 every morning now. I get up and I, I go to bed around 10.30. I get up at like 5.30, like every day for I, quite I some just, time. You know what I want, Andrew? I just wish that um, there's a lot of, you guys, that's just one, that's one pitfall. There's, there's plenty other ones out there. So maybe I'll just do one this time, but I'm going to okay. I'm going to start, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start calling some of the situations out because it's about time that we do. And, and I want to be careful because, you know, it's not, it's not a hundred percent true everywhere. Right. It's just, not. no, of course not. No, no, it's just, it's just not. But in some situations we just have to be careful to step over the landmines that are ahead of us. Um, yeah. I have another rant. Yeah. I, no, I've got another one I'm talking about in a few minutes too. It's come okay. to me right away about, what people say, what's true and what's really true. And I'm gonna talk about Let's that. answer a few questions and then we'll get to that. But yeah, and I think that's true, guys. Just a little disclaimer. First of all, everything we share is not legal advice. Please consult your attorney if you're looking for legal advice. But second disclaimer, when we say something, we're not saying it's true 100% of the time. Pretty much anything we say isn't true 100% of the time. But it's true enough of the time that we want to make you aware of it so that you don't fall into some of these traps. And that, so that's, okay. I'll just qualify here's, that. Here's a, here's a message here that says, Who is it USPT, from? The USPTO offers great resources for inventor to assist in filing. Okay, let's talk about that for a minute. 
let me tell you what the USB two does not do. <laughs> Let's talk about that first. And and you have to you have to be you have to real. You guys, I file a lot of patents, and I believe in the patent system, and I believe in trademarks and copyrights, and I believe in all of it. Although it's not perfect, I believe in it. But let me tell you what the USPTO does not do. They don't make it easy. They don't make it easy for you to file. Okay, that's what they don't do. They don't. They don't give you instructions on how to write a patent. I mean, wait, sometimes people think they'll find that. They can't wait, legally, I wait, think, wait, even wait, do that. I'm going to get there in a minute. What they yeah. don't do, they don't make it easy for you. They don't make it easy, really easy, for you to search to find all the patents. It's impossible. They don't make it easy for you to to file what you need to file. But let me tell you the one big thing the USPTO does not do, and it's my biggest gripe, my biggest gripe, they don't give us as entrepreneurs, startups, inventors, product developers, they don't give us a roadmap of how to use the IP from a business perspective to be successful. Mm -hmm. That's my biggest beef. Now, other countries do that. Other countries, you go to their site, they actually tell you best Isn't that practices. weird? Yeah, you go, to, what, you go to the, yeah, Stephen, that's amazing. I'm glad you brought that up. You go to the patent office site for other countries. They're actually providing um, assistive resources and, and things to, to, to monetize to actually bring the product to market. And, and I don't know, I mean, maybe the patent office could work with the Department of Commerce or something to offer resources and, and information. Um, they, but they, then, yeah, I do believe, though, that that is the future. I do believe they're going to. I hope I hope they start to think about that. And I think they are, Andrew. I think they care enough to think about, well, what do we put together? And that goes into another rant in just a minute, because there is an organization that did put a guide together for inventors. And okay. I read it. But let's answer a couple of questions. Can I tell you how wrong that guide was? But go ahead. Okay, you want to do a few questions here? Yeah, let's do a couple questions. Okay. Um, right. Well, this is one we answer all the time, but everybody asks it. Uh, <laughs> Chevel says, questions, if a design or utility patent can't really protect from infringing, how can a provisional patent do it once my idea is revealed to interested companies? Mm. So, Stephen, do you want to talk about patents in general and provisionals that that they are, I love, you know, Stephen, you're the one that started saying this like so long ago, perceived protection and how it does offer you protection because it is perceived to be protection. But then what is the reality? And then also, what is the reality for our students? You know, our, our InventRight students, like is, are people getting ripped off left and right? So tell, tell people about perceived protection and what it really does and and what happens to our students at the end then that would be great sorry i don't mean to guide we, you so much but you you get no that. but angie this is a very interesting topic because we were i was led to believe and i think everybody that's listening to us believes that if i have a patent i'm protected okay that's not true a patent just gives you the right to sue somebody that's all it is. It gives you a right to sue somebody if you think they're infringing. That's all it is. Right. right. It doesn't protect you. Come on, Stephen. Isn't the patent office going to step up and sue that infringer for you? No. 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 One, and, no? And, even, and okay. even potential, even if you license it to a company or whatever, it's just you guys, it gives you the right to it. And, and the right to it doesn't mean a lot because it takes millions of dollars. Right. And it's a legal system that that is kind of confusing at best. And I don't care how big you are. You could be Apple. You could be anybody. And you have to fight the same fight. And you might lose too. So there's no guarantees, right? Even if you were to sue somebody, there's no guarantees you're going to win. So the game is kind of, the game isn't really fair. And a lot of inventors get really upset with that. What do you mean it's not fair? Well, it's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. So... But what Andrew and I have been trying to teach everybody, look, let's talk about how to make it fair, right? Let's talk about what we can do as inventors to play that game so we're happy with the game. But if you're going to follow that advice of, hey, you need a patent and you're going to be protected and you're going to be solely disappointed because if you're successful, you will be copied. They don't care if you have 100 patents. 
you'll be copied and you won't be able to do a darn thing about it unless you have millions and millions of dollars and time and good lawyers and everything else. So, but it, but it, that's okay. If, if, if the company you license to, big, huge company, and they're selling 80% of that product and they're getting some knockoffs and even these giant multinational companies will usually not go around suing everybody. They'll send a cease and desist and maybe it gets rid of some of them, maybe it doesn't. But as you always say, Stephen, if the company you license to is selling 80% of the product and the knockoffs are selling 20%, congratulations, you're successful. <laughs> you but, know? But, you, but you can't, and I, that really, fundamentally, that bothers people. And it bothers me too, but it's just the reality. What, reality. what you can do, and I say perceived um, perceived ownership, right? And, and because you don't, I don't think you own, you might have a patent that doesn't mean you're you really own the, the protection of that patent what you do is that you have perceived meaning you can sue somebody or whatever but here's the here's the greatest thing and i think if if you want to protect it license it to a big company <laughs> there you go a, a big company that's got a budget that's got a law a law department that's got relationships with retailers, license it to a company that can strong arm somebody and get them off to some sites. That's your best protection. And that's better protection than a patent. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Huge. Yeah. Uh, and the best protection, which you said too, is just pure having peer distribution. Hmm. Right. So, so those, that's the reality of it to you guys. But here's the other thing you can do. If you're an inventor, make sure you file intellectual property, that is actually filed right, meaning not just filed, but written right. It has things like workarounds and variations and manufacturing, and you've really done a good job, and no one's going to do that but you. Not your mm -hmm. patent attorney, you. And if you do it that way, at least you're going to overcome some future arguments because you have done it that way. Yeah. So so people ask me, Steve, how, why do you think you're right? I mean, you can hear it from Shark Tank. Why, why do I think I'm right? Well, I sued the largest toy company in the world in the San Francisco federal court. And I went through that process and I know it works and what doesn't work because we argued over two words after three long years, two words. And those words could be interpreted differently by a judge, a jury. doesn't matter. Interpretation of words. All right. That's a slippery slope at best. So I'm, I'm like, okay, that's, that's the real, that's what's really happening. So how do I work around that system? Yeah. And that's what we're trying to teach you to work around it and not be fearful of it. So like, just a few things to add to that and then we'll jump, we'll jump off um, maybe to your rant or maybe another question. Um, in, in the 23 years we've been doing this, I'm not aware of one of our students that has ever been knocked off by a company that they presented to. So if that doesn't, make you more comfortable, Chabal, I don't know what does. Now, I'm going to also, it's an analogy, I guess. And so, so let's say you open, want to open up a sandwich shop in your neighborhood. If you had the expectation that nobody else is going to open up a sandwich shop within five miles of my sandwich shop, would you guys consider that an unrealistic expectation? I would. So to think that nobody will ever do anything, nobody will ever do something even remotely similar to my idea, because I got this Iron Man, Superman, Kryptonite patent, that's going to protect me. That is unreal, as unrealistic as thinking that you could open up a sandwich shop and expect nobody ever to open them up anywhere near you. That's how ridiculous that is. And that's what people are saying. So once you come, if you can't accept that, do not do inventing, do not do licensing, just throw it aside. If you want a hundred percent guarantee that nothing bad will ever happen. Um, but Andrew, is it bad? No, it's not bad. Wait a minute, wait a minute. If someone copies you, you're probably your product is probably selling a lot. Yeah, and, you're making and money, that, <laughs> and, and that's like a that's like celebration time. So I don't. But think Stephen, it's, it's not right. It's not right. I have a patent. They're violating it. It's not right. You know, it's like, geez. I guess okay. I've gotten kind of hardened to it, and maybe I need to be have a little bit more empathy about it. But I kind of went through it, and I kind of got over it. You know, I kind of got really over it, thinking. Okay, how do I play the game? Now, here's the other good news. Here's the good news. You can play the biggest game in the world. God, Steve, you just told me I can't protect anything, but I'm also here to tell you, you can play the biggest game in the world by finding, by coming up with good ideas, licensing to those big companies, filing good PPAs, and getting them to take it to market for you. 
that is incredible, right? So, so yeah. And so everybody's worried about the patent. I'm not worried about the patent. I'm worried about, does someone really want my product? That's more important than a patent. Yeah. So we got to shift our thinking. Yeah, yeah. So Benjamin Harrison chimed in here. He's our LinkedIn for licensing experts. He trains our InventRight students how to use LinkedIn, reach out. And he said, LOLSK is letting off some steam. Figured you'd be in a great mood this morning after the Warriors won last you know, night. You know, Benjamin, you know, you're really bothering me. And I've got to, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to go after you next. Um, <laughs> really? Okay. You guys, here, here is something else I want to talk about. We're going to get some more questions. Well, let's get to this one question first, Andrew, because we get it every single okay, time. Okay. Which, which and, one is it? And we're going to get it, it today. And Andrew, I'm so, I'm so happy that you're willing to say this over and over and over again. Here it is. What's my the PPA, name? Uh, Randy, my PPA is okay. going to expire. You know, if, if your PPA expires, do you start over as if it's a as if it's the first time or do you change the name? What do you do? No one reads that PPA. <laughs> I hate this. It doesn't matter what you name. Do you it. want to give me my, the spiel that we give on literally every? It's a good question, though, Randy. Everybody's worried about it. Yeah, you can never ahead. say it enough, I guess. You're so you know, good at this question. Go ahead. So. When you file a provisional patent application, application, patent attorneys are right about that. They will say that's not a patent, it's an application. You need to file it within the year. So, so let's say I file a provisional today. I need to, within a year, file a full utility and reference that provisional in order to preserve that provisional date. Let's say I filed it today, okay? Um, but if you have made public disclosure, what's public disclosure? Selling it a swap me, putting it up on a website, you know, publicly offering it for sales, public disclosure, privately showing it to a potential licensee for the most part is not considered public disclosure. So you could reach out to 30 companies, nobody's showing interest, providing they didn't take it and put it up on a website, which I've never had a student ever tell me a company ever did. Um, that's not public disclosure. And guess what? You can file that same provision. Let's say I filed it 13 months ago. I could file it today and I'll get a year from the day. Does it continue from that date from a year ago? No could file the exact same provisional, get another year, okay? But it's a year from the new date you're filing. So you can't connect them together. The only way you can preserve your provisional filing date is to file a full utility patent within a year. And then inventors, I, I gotta say this one, I'm gonna beat up attorneys again here, patent attorneys. I get people calling <laughs> me up, students and non-students, hey, my provisional's gonna run out. And, and my attorney said, if I wanna preserve my, my rights, I need to file it, I need to give them $12,000. I'm like, did you make public disclosure? What's public disclosure? I explained. They're like, no, I showed it to a few companies privately. I'm like, you can file. Your attorney's right. If you don't file that full utility and reference your provisional, you won't have protection from that date. But you don't even have any interest yet. File that provisional again. You'll get a year from today if you, ha if you haven't made public disclosure. So your attorney's not giving you the full spiel because... They want to sell you that twelve thousand dollar pound. Record this, Andrew, and every time we get that question, we could just press that button and have you. I would give love it. to. I, I think we can do I, that. Actually, I'll I always like. I always like to hear it, though. You, you're very good at that. We save, Stephen. We save so many people. I, people that aren't don't become students of ours by saying stuff like this, and I, I people just tell us they appreciate it. So, I'm always happy to say it again. You know, you see any other ones there you like? I love. Um, Couple and decouple, it's uncoupling, but thank you. The two words in the Lego thing was couple, coupling and uncoupling. Two words that the whole the whole three years of all that money spent came down to two words we wanted to argue about. That is ridiculous, guys. In your lawsuit with, with yeah. Lego. That was yeah, you always ridiculous. say it's, it's, it's like, you know, copyrights are clear. If somebody yeah. copies the rules to a game, the judge looks and clear. goes, you copied it exactly. Very clear. Patents aren't clear at all. It's all up to interpretation. And that's yeah, a that's, bitch. That's the thing that scares me. Hey, I want to talk about um, something else I'm irritated about. Okay. Yeah, great. Okay. Um, Andrew, is there just one way to do this? Of course not. We're not the only. Well, okay. our company name is InventRights. So InventRights way is the only way. No, of but, course not. You know, okay. It's like, okay. Yeah. And and just because we said something one way, does it ever change? Maybe later. Yeah, I think we're teaching different things than we okay. did twenty three right. years right. ago. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And every yeah. industry is different. Every company is different. So you have to be somewhat flexible, everybody. But I'm I've been hearing this for a long, long time. Is that people say to me. 
because um, we teach Adam Bitright to test ideas. And the best way to test ideas, because it's a numbers game, if you were to spend money on a patent, a prototype, and all these things that you do, you're going to spend all this money and you don't even know if anybody wants it. And if you keep on doing it that way, there's a good chance you will not continue to do it. You will fail. The system is rigged up for you to fail. People are telling you things to do for you to fail. I hate to tell you, there's people out there are telling you, giving you advice for you to fail. What are those things? I'm going to talk about that. Okay, because, good. Because they're doing it to you, and I'm going to tell you they're wrong to be selling you this. And I don't know why they're saying this, Andrew. It really bothers me. Because I look at this from how to survive being an inventor. I don't look at this from working from a company's perspective. And there's someone that I know that works from a company. And his perspective is different than mine. That's perfectly fine. But his perspective doesn't protect you as an inventor. It helps the company, but it doesn't help you. All right. And this is the perspective that ideas aren't anything. Ideas aren't worth a dime. Oh, okay. That that you really have to have a prototype and you have to work out all the details and make sure it works and have everything about the prototype. It has to have the prototype. The prototype is everything. I'm like, I'm like, are you out of your mind? Right? Yes, I love prototypes. I wrote an article about prototypes. I love building them, but it's not it's not if you need a prototype, it's when you need a prototype. What we're trying to teach you is like, look. I need to test ideas and I need to test ideas where I'm not spending a lot of money on any idea. Okay. Now I know you like to build them and touch them and feel them and do all this stuff with the prototypes. I get it. I, I get it. But, but you have to realize it's all about testing ideas to see if anybody really wants it first. Okay. And we, and we have tools to do that without spending all that money, but people get a false sense of moving forward by spending money on oh. their ideas that they don't need to spend. We don't want people to pinch pennies in areas where you need to spend, but a lot of these areas you don't need to spend, but the the general perception of the general oh. public and people that are new to this, I need to spend a bunch of money on a patent and a bunch of money on a prototype. Those are the yeah. two mis big uh, misperceptions. And the attorneys are gonna tell you spend money on patents. We've already told you that. They're always gonna tell you patents, 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 patents. Okay, they drive me crazy. Yeah. The other group is going to tell you prototype, 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 prototype. It's like, oh, you're killing me with this. Okay. And the people who are saying this don't aren't really in the game of inventing. Uh, yeah. Because if they were, they would say, Steve, I got to find another way of seeing that my ideas are good without building a prototype and spending the patent on every idea that I have because I'll go broke. So, so I'm reading online this wonderful guide from the toy association it's a wonderful guide the toy association came up with this guide and for inventors of how to invent in the toy industry great guide and so i start to read it and i'm and a couple of these things are just off too okay really off and but the one thing that's really off on this they talk about now now it gives you a perspective um the one thing they were off on was that companies want you to have a patent. And in the toy industry, that's one place where you don't need one. <laughs> okay, so, and, and I've had the big companies, Hasbro, Mattel, all those big guys have told me, no, no, no. And if you do, we'll help you file one. But you don't really, that's, you know, that's a fashion industry. It, it works really quick. Maybe a copyright might could be better or something else. But intellectual property in the, in the toy industry, that's not really a mandatory thing, but the guy says it is. And you got to file it before you even know if you have any interest. I, I thought it was crazy, but here's the other thing. Not a got. provisional, he's saying file a full utility. Well, basically. they really talk about how important ownership is of and how the patents. So, so maybe, maybe mm. that person that wrote this is out of touch. Yeah. But the thing that really got me was that they talked about prototypes, something dear to my heart. And they said, you don't really need a physical prototype. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You don't need a physical prototype. What you might just need is a 3D computer-generated sample or a drawing. And, and that could be more important than a fancy prototype. 
And it, it'll look better most of the time. Andrew, that was music to my ears, right? Yeah. Now, I don't think that's absolutely true either, though. Because that's one industry, the toy industry, that the benefit of the toy is fun. Right. Yeah, toys are a little different because it's fun. It's not like, oh, this will help you slice and dice or do this or that. Okay. It's like, it's fun. Yeah. It's a little different, it's right? You're selling yeah. fun. Right. I mean, I, I, usually a product will be a problem solution. I get it. But a toy is fun. And how do you right. how do you show fun? It's hard sometimes. You show it with a prototype. <laughs> and people, usually. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, Kids, so yeah. you guys, I feel about prototypes, as you, you've heard, Test ideas, test ideas. But in some industries, you know, especially like the toys, sometimes you need a prototype. That's a good, you really kind of need it in that particular industry because everything's a little bit different. So here's the industry that are, is giving us good advice, but it's not really good advice. I said it, you guys. I called them out on it. I put it on social media. I want everybody to comment, but no one is touching that. With the ten foot pole, Andrew. That's well, the thing that's really funny. Uh, Tammy, Tammy's not agreeing here. I think we don't move forward with the project unless we can get a working prototype. She just posted this based on what you're saying, so she well, she's not buying us, Stephen. Well, I, but I'm, what I'm saying too, in some industries, you, you need to have a working prototype, right? But in the one industry, I think, in my mind, I'm pretty clear on this because we've had a lot of toy companies come in and we have a lot of coaches that are in the toy industry, they're pitching ideas. A prototype's pretty important mm -hmm. because how do you show fun in a 3D computer generated sample, Andrew? Yeah. Even though I love those samples, I love doing it that way. I don't think it's great and, for the toy and, industry. And I just wanna make clear to Tammy that we have InventRight students all the time that get interest with a cell sheet and a virtual prototype. And then they talk to the company and they're like, well, how are we going to make this? And you're like, well, and the student's like, well, based on our advice, well, there's that and that on the market. And I just put a hinge over here. Are you getting it? And they're like, yeah, we got it. We just want to get some quotes with our contact manufacturer overseas to make sure we can make this and make a reasonable price. And they're not asking you for a freaking prototype. Now, other times the company will ask for it. And our negotiation coach or their licensing coach or Steve and myself will be like, oh, why do you need a prototype on that? This thing's obvious. You know, and we'll say, well, ask them these questions, ask what they're worried about. And they'll answer a few of the questions. Company's like, oh, no, yeah, we don't need it now. We're good. We got those answered. But that inventor was willing to jump on and spend thousands on a prototype. They still didn't need to spend. So, um, Tammy, you absolutely don't have to make a prototype 100% of the time. Now, again, with everything we're saying here, I don't know if you join later. We're, when we make statements, we're not saying it applies 100% of the time. You know, but the vast majority of the time, you're selling the benefit of your product. You have a virtual prototype and a sell sheet. Now, if you have no freaking idea how this thing would work, it can't go, well, I can see that other things are working and I just made this change. Sometimes you need to make a prototype. We're not saying you don't, but well, the vast majority of the time you don't. Well, I guess what we're saying too, Andrew, is that every situation is a little bit different. Even when it comes to prototypes, what type of prototype do you need? They're not all the same. Right. And and sometimes it could be something you just cannibalized. Sometimes it could be even worse than that. You just, you're just showing something that actually works. Fundamentally, this works. Or or maybe you need something that looks a little bit better because they're going to do some testing. Okay, I mm. get it. So so I guess what I'm saying, there's no one blanket thing that works for everybody. But but when I see a trade association write a guide for the industry. And it's awful. It's so it's and so. clearly and Andrew, I looked at the sources. Uh huh. Because they had a source where they got the information from. Uh huh. And it was kind of odd, right? Because I don't know if it was current, but it, it wasn't like something was a little odd about it. It wasn't like they talked to someone about it. It was almost like some intern it. did some research on the internet and pulled some stuff and it, put it, a document together. Yes. Instead of felt, like talking to people in the industry, it felt that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear what it you're felt saying. that way that it was just it was done by you're right, some intern or I'm not gonna no. It's, it was done by somebody that was gathering information on the internet, maybe chat GPT. I don't care what yeah. it is, and putting it together because I don't think some of it was really real. 
ChatGPT is really cool, guys. But Stephen and I, we put some info in about licensing and asked him a question. <laughs> see how smart it was, and it came out with some really good stuff, like half of it. And then the other half is like, whoa, this would really mess you up if you followed this advice. ChatGPT will make up facts sometimes, guys. It's crazy. It is amazing, but it, it you don't like be careful. Uh, this one's so easy to answer, Stephen. Uh, Daniel says, can a non-U.S. citizen file a provisional patent at the patent office? Absolutely. We've had students in over 65 countries. All our international students are simply filing a U.S. provisional like for $60, just like U.S. Uh, citizens. You have all the same rights, all the same rights. Um, and hey, they lowered the fee from $75 to $60. You're saving $15. Bucks. I, who's lowering fees on anything these days? Steven thinks it's funny. It's like, how's that really helping? But I, I think it's cool. <laughs> That, that, okay, you guys, here's the other thing too. Um, you, know, you know, it's funny. Yeah, that's a real interesting question, helping. You know, how are you really helping? Are you helping by lowering the fees $10? I, I'm not quite sure. Are they helping with their pro bono program? Right? The USPTO has a pro bono program where they're going to help you if you can't afford to file a patent. And my question is, how many of those pro bono patents that these attorneys filed that actually came to market? That, that would be the barometer I would want to know. Mm. Right. Because you can file a patent, but if it doesn't do anything, yes, you feel good. You feel proud, of course. But at the end of the day, you want people to use it and drive revenue. So I'm always kind of curious when they're saying they're helping. See, the, the thing that I'm, I am very aware of, Andrew, and you know how you and I have felt for over... 23 years is that we're not going to do anything that just does not work right mm -hmm. i'm not interested in it and and i know it works because if you go to invent right and if you go to the testimonial page or the member success page you're going to see hundreds of projects that, that you can buy today i'm going to show you social proof on the content that we're giving today it actually works right because there's a lot of people out there that are giving advice but there's no social proof well, and they're playing into people's misbeliefs in order to sell them stuff. Yeah. And and we we decided 23 years ago, we didn't even decide. You and I have just done it. We just do what is best for the inventor, not what is going to get another student. And and that's why we have a good reputation. But most companies are very short term. They want to say whatever they can, whether it's a patent attorney, venture promotion company, to get that sale. And that's just BS for us. Well, it's I not our business. You're going to work with the patent attorney. Ask that patent attorney how many of those patents actually got commercialized and the person was making revenue. They won't be able to answer. Yeah. They won't answer that in a million years. Okay. Yeah, let's say that's not my job. I just file patents. That's right. Well, that's yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That's their job. They they don't know. They don't even have that statistic is probably so low, they probably don't have anybody. Mark, I want to answer Mark's question here. So Mark says you have to show the enjoyment while using a prototype. Maybe he's talking about a toy, maybe yeah, something yeah. else. I, I one of our, our coaches did a it was a ring toss game, right? Yeah. The whole thing was fictitious. It was a virtual prototype. There was kids there throwing the ring, looking like they're having fun. Okay, so right. no, that's not always true. Okay. Um, that you have to show the fun and the enjoyment while using the prototype. It you helps. Can, but, but he if, if you well, if you can easily make one, I mean, why the hell not? Well, his idea Go was probably it. so simple. I know who you're talking about too. But you're right. You you understand the game. You see them playing it, and everybody's having a ball. Okay, Maybe so. on video. Yeah, yeah. But oh. here's here's another thing too. Sometimes you, you a video isn't just a series of moving images. It can be still images too. So let's say you have a video. You have a virtual prototype. You flash it up there on the screen. They're like, oh, that's the product. Okay. And then you're showing kids playing it, but it's kind of from a distance. And you don't really see the duct tape on it and everything, but they're showing the fun. Well, even if the company noticed like, oh, that's a little cruder than that picture, that's okay. You're not selling that prototype. You're selling the benefit of the product. And so you're right, Mark. As long as you can illustrate the benefit, yeah. whether that is with a real video with the prototype or otherwise, um, you're, 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 you're absolutely right. May, may, you guys, I guess what Andrew and I are saying too is, just do your homework. Make sure whatever you're doing is is accurate. Whatever roadmap you, you have is pretty accurate. If you're going to work with somebody, look at their track record. Look at their social proof. What have you done not 10 years ago, not two weeks ago? What, what are you doing every day? What, what are you really doing? And, um, 
What what is that? Who's that? Says that? <laughs> I'm sorry. I just start laughing. Let's read that to it says uh, 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 Lewis says uh, Louise. Um Lewis or Louise? Lewis. Sorry, I, I'm I think it's Lewis. Um Stephen has a mafia style beef with patent attorney, smiley face. You know, I started just two nights ago watching Tulsa King with um I love it. With I love it. uh yeah. with with uh Sylvester Stallone. Stallone yeah. Yeah, 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 and, and so like I had that image thinking of Sylvester Stallone, and then uh, Lewis's comment. You guys, <laughs> I don't want them knocking at my door, vi visiting me at night, and because you guys have to realize, I love patents. Okay, there, there it is. I'm not anti-patent. When I'm anti, is poor service. That's what I'm anti. I, I'm 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 not happy when when people are selling you something you don't need, or or they're doing something that's not that important, or they're not giving you the truth. I, I really have a problem with that because, you know, I, I want you to be successful because if you're a successful inventor, you help all of us. You're an ambassador. You're doing a great job. It, it makes us look better. I mean, and we have an image problem at the moment a little bit, you guys, and uh, hopefully with the success you guys are going to have, it changes the, the image a little bit. Cause we do have an image problem, right? That sometimes we're a little bit. Inventors. Inventors. Yeah. Ooh, who wrote that long one here? This is good. Yeah. Is this a, I, I don't is, know. But Tammy said, we're, is this the USPTO writing to me? <laughs> I, I don't know. No, this is Mark. That's too long. I can't, it won't even fit up if I put it up there. So, um, I love it. What? I don't know. You want me to read the whole thing? Oh my God. Oh God. Yeah. Read this thing. Huh. All right. I'll, I'll just put up the start. Well, then I can't read the whole thing. Just so read I'll, it. It's too yeah. long. It must be important. Read it. Don't say that because then people are going to post Andrew, books he wrote a there. book. So yeah, I know. Be, he must be an engineer. What, yeah. <laughs> Mark said, he must quick and friendly people. clarification and FYI on the free USPTO provisional patent, non-provisional patent preparation and filing services. Veteran super, supervisory examiners at the USPTO uh, Inventors Assistance Center. That's cool, by the way. They're cool over there. Yeah, patent pro bono program. That's craziness to file your own full utility patent. Craziness. I've talked to some people that have done it successfully. No, no, no. That's pro se. Pro se. That's pro se. Sorry, that's, that's not pro bono. Pro se. Pro se filers is, well, yeah. You guys, the pro, the pro bono is silly too, but no, wait, wait point. a minute, wait a minute, yeah, wait a minute. That's that helping part again. I think the mission is correct. We want to help people financially that cannot afford to file patents. I, I love that, Andrew. Yeah, I'm not saying I don't love the, that. I'll, I'll explain the, what I don't love. We we do a lot of work there where that maybe people cannot afford certain things that we do, we make it so they can. I am for that. My question is this, out of the patents that those attorneys are doing pro bono, meaning free, guys, that's what that means, free, right? You can qualify right. for the pro bono program, and I don't know what that qualification you have to, is. You have to be really pretty poor. Okay, well, yeah. financially, Before, yeah. financially struggling, whatever it is. Yeah. So, but the point is, I like that, but that's not the problem here, right? That's not the problem. Oh no, but the problem is, you people can't afford patents. So, that's not the hey, problem. if they're doing that, they're fixing the problem. But that, we no, know no, it's not, not the problem. problem. The problem yeah. is that if you were to look at those that they did help. My question would be, how many of those pro bono patents actually produced revenue for that inventor? I'm going to guess zero. I don't. Yes, it's a guess. I, I have no idea. They probably don't have that figure, but I'm going to say it's probably pretty low because, number one, you know, you need good information to know how to use a patent correctly. And number two, you're probably filing for someone that probably doesn't have some other tools, some other right. financial tools. So. Right. You know, you're doing a good job, but are you really helping? That's the question. So go ahead, read it all. Because this well, guy... but, but I want to I want to make a statement there too. So the 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 patent office pro bono program is they they get some attorneys, they wrangle some attorneys to go, hey, can you dedicate some of your time to yeah. help some inventors that are very okay. poor to file patents? All right. What yeah. I would like to see change with that, which I think is beautiful, I think that's great. I would I would like to see them help them file provisional patents. 
not full utility patents. Do they you know, do that? Some, No, I don't think they, maybe, maybe they, do. they do. Maybe, maybe they, do. they do. Maybe but they do. most inventors, they, I want a patent, I want a patent, you know? Well, I, I, I know, Andrew. Maybe I, they do. I don't know. Maybe they um, do. So read, read the whole thing because he took a long okay. time. Well, he's that. saying that there's the, the patent pro bono program and then the patent pro se program. So they have people oh. over there at the patent office that will help you. If you're filing your own patent, not your own provisional, which we advise, we don't advise people to file their own patent. That's insanity, guys. It's so difficult and so hard. Talk to many people like, I tried to do it myself. And even though the guys were friendly, I couldn't get this and that. And I'm like, dude, that's so and hard. Pro se. Wait a minute. I'm going to. I'm going to say about this pro se thing. Yes. Any invent, you know, you guys, come on. Patent attorneys go to law school to write claims, claim constructions, and all the kind of stuff. This is fairly complicated. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of inventors, maybe they want to learn the system enough to where they can write their own patents. I, I think that's doing brain surgery on yourself. I, I just don't think that's a good <laughs> That's a good way of putting it. Thank you. I, I just don't think it is. Yeah. Now, maybe some do. We, 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 we we've met a few. We've met a few that have done it yeah. and done it well. But like all that time they could have spent trying to license it, but they thought it was all about, they learned how to write a patent, not a provisional, guys. Any of you guys can write a provisional. But it's just kind of insanity. But so go ahead, Reed. I'm sorry. Yeah. Andrew, keep on, okay, keep on so he's talking about the patent pro bono program and their patent pro se program provide independent vendors with pro bono free guidance and advice, technical support pertaining to our PPAs and non-provisional utility patent applications. The patent pro bono program handpicks and assigns qualified applicants, reputable registered patent attorneys yes. to prepare and file non-provisional <laughs> utility patent applications for free and provide commercial yes. direction for them. The Patent Pro Se program provides independent inventors every step of the way for free with everything related to preparing and filing PPAs and non-provisional applications. Inventor uh, IIC, Inventors Assistance Center, can be reached, and he puts the number. So okay. I, I think it's fantastic. You call that 800 number. The Patent Office is very helpful for like, hey, I tried to file my provisional, and it didn't go through right. Can you help me? Like, But they're not going to teach you to write it, but they, they're, they are very helpful. Yeah, let, let's be clear about the USPTO, you guys. Their customer service is off the charts. I mean, you have a problem, call them. I, I'm surprised it's that good. I'm surprised they have that many people willing to help us inventors. They do a great job. I'm also very impressed that they care so much about independent inventors that they have so many resources for us. Right. I mean, you guys, it's remarkable. In fact, they probably have more classes per week than you could even attend. It's like streaming today. They have more classes on every topic you can imagine that you could even watch. Okay, you guys, I love it. I love it. But the problem is, you guys, but that's not the problem here. The problem is, yes, you can learn how to file a patent. You can file, a, even Andrew says, anybody can file a patent. Anybody can probably get a patent. The point is, what now? Right. I mean, should you file the patent? Is the idea really worth something? Or can you commercialize it? Do you know about venturing or startups? You know how to raise the money. You have to do. I mean, there's all this other stuff. I actually, how to use that tool? Yeah, yeah. And I think when you work with a patent attorney through the pro bono program, if you earn like I think your I don't know what it is. Your family, your whole family is earning less than thirty thousand. I don't know what the bar yeah. is, but it's pretty low. Um, but they're not talking to you at all about is this commercially viable? Well, or they're not showing you. That's not what they do. They're but, attorneys. But I'm know. sure they're. Fair enough. Wait, you guys, don't get me wrong. Any patent attorney that's giving their free time. Good on them. Hell yeah. That's they're remarkable. Yes, absolutely. Okay. And, and maybe I rant. Maybe I, I I did a rant on patent attorneys, but those aren't the guys doing it for free. Okay. Right. <laughs> those aren't the guys that are trying to keep the lights on. Those aren't the guys that are trying to sell you something maybe you don't need. Those aren't the guys that are running ads on Google trying to put fear in your heart so you file a patent. Those aren't the same guys. So don't get me wrong here. Right. We're, right. we're talking about the guys that are taking advantage of us because we don't know what to do. We're not knowledgeable about, about it. And we think someone's going to steal it, so we're going to run and file a patent. Those are the guys I have a problem with. Yeah. yeah. Oh, God. Well, and, but, but there needs to be – what we're saying is there needs to be more education – Figure the path that you're going to go down out before you just start taking action. And people get such a false sense of moving forward by filing patents. So um, anyway, what is so, Mark, 
But wait, wait a minute. Let's do this. What what does Mark do? I'm going to bet he works for the USPTO. Oh, geez. Well, but you know, he's right. He's giving the 800 number there. I always tell the mentors, call the 800 number. You will be surprised at how helpful they are. It's oh, amazing. God, awesome. I awesome. Yeah. Let me let me answer this. But, but, I think but, wait gonna... a minute. Yeah. Is, look, no, up his name. look up his name and see if he's a if he's a um, patent examiner, patent attorney. <laughs> It works for the USB. Let me see if I can click. Mark, now we're going to check you out because you did such a good job. You do you do that while I answer this question. Okay. Um, So okay, so this is good, and I I was like to clarify to the public to every all inventors about the licensing expo. You hear us use the word licensing all the time. So Diane said, random question: Are any of you going to be at the upcoming licensing expo in Las Vegas? The answer is no. I could literally drive there in 15 minutes. I live in Henderson, Nevada. I could drive there. I go to a lot of trade shows. Am I going there this year? Probably not. Should 99.5% of you not go? Yes. It's not what you think it is. Now, Diane, it might be right for you if you understand what it is, but a lot of people misinterpret what it is. So when you go to a trade show, let's say you got a pet toy. Okay. If you want to go to Super Zoo in Las Vegas, that is a pet trade show. The people with the booths have pet products and dog food and dog toys and stuff. Those are the manufacturers of the booths. Those are the companies you license to. The people walking around are retailers that want to purchase these products to put in their stores. Okay, that's a typical trade show. The manufacturers in the booth and the retailers walking around and you guys walking around to also talk to those manufacturers in the booth because that's who you're going to license to. That's not the licensing expo. The licensing expo is people with brands. It could be Disney. It could be Jeep. It could be all these brands. And they're like, hey, we got a big name. And so they are there with the booth, anybody with a big brand. It could be Disney. It could be Jeep. It could be anybody else. And they're like, we want to rent you our name. We want to do brand licensing. So the people walking around are manufacturers. Maybe you're making t-shirts or coffee mugs. And say you're making coffee mugs. You're like, I want to put Mickey on a coffee mug. I'm going to go to the booth with Disney. And I see, can I pay them a royalty to put Disney on my coffee mug. And then so it's basically instead of getting paid for licensing an invention, that big company is getting paid to put the name on the product. And so like Disney, I don't know what the percentage is, guys, but the vast majority of Disney products are not made by Disney. Disney licenses a manufacturer to manufacture that product. And then they get a royalty because you put Mickey Mouse or one of their brands on the product. So when you're going to the licensing expo, People all the time are very disappointed. They're like, that's not what I thought it was. Now, Diane, if you have a business and you're manufacturing products and you want to try to get a big brand to put it on your product and you've been in business two or three years and you have distribution and all over the place, then you might go to the show. But otherwise, you're going to be wasting your time going to that show. So there's a really long ramble, but that's called the Licensing Expo in Las Vegas. Not right for 99.5% of you. Okay, It's not a place to go to license your invention. Are you busy doing research on on um, on Mark? Is he a Marie? No, he's he's one of us. Oh, okay, cool. He, he's one of us. He's pretty knowledgeable too. He's got some great resources there that he's he shared. One of Batman. us. He's an independent inventor. He's got a a company um, called Masson Concepts. Uh, he files patents, which is really great. So he's he's knowledgeable. He's just trying to be helpful. I thought he was a patent attorney here, but now it doesn't say that. But he's uh, he's... Pat, patent attorneys don't typically promote the patent office; they want to promote themselves. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would, that wasn't a flag that he was a patent attorney. I don't. Um, I don't know. Yeah. Oh well, you know, Celeste is mentioning, and I think it's a good idea. She's in South Africa. By the way, you can't follow any full patent in South Africa yourself. You have to do it via a patent attorney. Um, PPA, yes, but not a full utility patent, good, which I think good. is smart. I think, I think they're smart to do that, Celeste. It's, it's insanity to follow your own patent. Follow your own provisional, hell yeah, all day long. Follow your own patent, no, that's that's not a good idea. Um, okay, Stephen, uh, we're a couple minutes over. I thought we were pretty entertaining. I thought we gave some good advice. If you guys you know, think we this, did, please type in. I know we got on this um, rant with patent attorneys again. You know, maybe, well... They irritate me. <laughs> there I said it. They irritate me. But anyway, besides the point, you guys, thank you for coming out today. Hey, Andrew, 
I just want to let everybody know this is National Inventors, Inventors Month. It's Month, May. Yeah. We've got a great promotion at InventRight. Here's our plug. Please check it out. We've got a lot of things we're giving away in our packages today. But also, I need for every each and every one of you to take the right steps. Be careful what you're doing. Get out there. Pitch your ideas to companies. Get in the game of innovation. It's the most amazing game in the world. Thank you for watching us today. Rant, rant. But also, thank you for watching our YouTube channel, InventRight TV. And um, I always enjoy these, Andrew. And I always enjoy that you can answer the same question over and over again and do such a good job. Well, you too. Um, but, you know, guys, we I know we didn't get any remotely to everybody's questions. We'll never be able to. Um, Amy, please come back and ask the question again. She said, can you get to the, you know, we got a bunch of people. Wait we just, we get to as many as we can. Give your email out. They can, send you a, they can send you one. Or I could just answer it right here if, if we see it. But we got what other is, people who are like, but what about mine? And then we're here another hour, you know, um, which we love. But, you, can, you guys can tell we love doing this. Um, let me see if I can I find love this. her. Submit it to Mark. I love this. Submit it to Mark Portney before or after exhausting my target list. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, you guys, just make sure, you know, I wouldn't do it before or after. Just make sure he's a good fit. And he's not going to be a good fit. Mark takes a couple projects on a year. He's a good guy. I know him. He doesn't take a lot of stuff. The guy's extremely picky. But do a good, make a good list and present yourself correctly. Don't make the mistake of saying the wrong thing. Um, but there is no before and after. Just make a good list. Yeah. And, but, and a big list. You know, most of our students reach out to 20, 30, 40 companies. If you're not doing that, you're probably not doing it right. Um, and you, you might not. You I know, love this. What does it say? Our attorneys told us that we were one of his financially successful vendors he had worked with. Thank you. Yes. Good. And, and what's interesting, I think, Andrew, is that if patent attorneys, this is where it gets confusing. But I always tell my patent attorneys gave me good advice. They said, Steve, patenting is easy. Selling is hard. Mm, that's good advice coming from a patent attorney. And he did it because I've been with him for over 25 years. He helped me become successful. I've spent tens of thousands of dollars on IP with him because he gave me good advice. That to me was was smart because he knew if i was successful i would file more ip i wish more more attendees would would do that um let's yeah. get okay. the one more before let's get the one more before we go what what well let me see okay well amy's here um uh i have i have someone big pharma on linkedin that it says he's connected to you and steven can I use your name in my intro and ask? Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that, people. Use do we, name. Do, yeah, you know, so I don't know. I need to let, check. So I think I have around 12,000 contacts. Steven is about 16,000 or something like that. Don't quote me on the numbers. But, no, you're, are you there right now? Really? Okay. You don't know all these people. You, you use their name, they'll be like, I don't know who that is. You know, and, and that's okay. That's how LinkedIn works. It's kind of weird, right? But using our name would, if they don't i wouldn't it's not going to help you i wouldn't, I wouldn't do that i wouldn't use our name it's not going to get you a cup of coffee at starbucks but this is what i want yeah you. this is what i want you to do this is even better tell them an industry expert told you that you are the best company to first approach yes one of our students did this and it worked fantastically there you go that's that's what i want that's what i want you to say don't give you have a name to say industry experts they they industry experts told me you were the best company to submit my idea first that's what i want you to do there you go there's a good tip for today all right one more question one more one more let's see <laughs> what's the question you want steven i just go got my patent electronic system user account through the uspto great job dave great job uh what else we have there What's the question oh, there's quite a few steven's just loving answering questions i'm assuming he doesn't i just want i just hate that we don't get to all these questions 
Yeah, I know. We used to, we used to be able to, but there's just too many. You get now. a patent. You get a patent, and then the company wants you to make changes. <laughs> well, Think yeah. How it, well, we we got a solution for that, right? That's a giant problem. I mean, to spend twelve thousand on a patent, or how much you're spending, not realizing that a lot of times they're going to want to make you make a change. So then you reach out to some companies. You get one interested. We really like this, but we don't like that. And then you're like, oh crap. Well, I got a fix for that, but I'm going to have to file a $12,000 patent. Mm. Well, Andrew, he, could you know. he could file maybe a continuation, maybe yes, maybe no, probably not. But he could file another PPA. Right. He could file another PPA. But what the better approach is file a $60 PPA, realize they want to but, make a change, file another $60 PPA, and then file a utility. I know, but what if you already have a patent? The guy sees it and goes, yeah, hey, I want something we, else, and file yeah. another PPA. Yeah, file, file a PPA to cover it. Yeah, definitely. And don't, and, and don't. You didn't give a disclosure today. Everything we share with you today should not be considered legal advice. <clears throat> Please consult your attorney if you're looking for legal advice. <laughs> oh, you're late. You're late. Yeah, we say it like random times. Do I have to say that like the beginning or like how does that uh, work? We should probably put it on a rolling screen on the camera on the the screen here. Yeah, I don't think we really offer any legal advice All right. today. Okay. All right. I think. All right. That all right, you guys, see you next week. Work hard. Have a good time. Come to InventRight TV, and we'll see you there. Leave comments. You guys, when you go to the InventRight TV, please leave comments. Subscribe if you haven't already. And give, like Andrew says, give us a thumbs up. There you yeah, go. if you just Google InventRight TV. give us a thumbs down if you don't like it. Go ahead. Yeah, and click comment and subscribe. You watch YouTubers, and they're always saying that, and it just goes in one ear and out the other. But please, please, please do it. Um, but yeah, if you Google InventRight TV, you'll end up on YouTube. You can watch us ramble some more. See you guys. Bye. 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 Take care. Keep inventing. Bye. <laughs>